On this edition of Across College Lacrosse, we recap the midweek games for the Manal, highlighted with Bucknell beating Yale in overtime in Connecticut. That will set the stage for my first bracketology post. We'll recap who needs to do some work, who is kind of in at the moment, who is out. There are a lot of games this weekend as well, and we'll get to those picks and previews along with one final discussion on streaming and lacrosse. This is another edition of Across College Lacrosse. What? Hey, hey, welcome everybody back to Across College Lacrosse, episode 19, the old Logan Wisnowska's number episode. I am your host, Chris Dostremski, as always. You can follow me on Twitter at CF Dostremski, follow College Cross on Twitter at college underscore cross, and follow the show on various platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the whole shebang. So... As always, we had some games. Shout out Villanova also for having the parade. Flyers with one more point until they clinch a playoff spot. Sixers, we know about them. They have a big game tonight against Cleveland at the center. But there's also plenty of lacrosse on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll recap those right now. Three games Tuesday, one game Wednesday. Not a lot of notable results on the Tuesday slate except for... I guess Lafayette beating Monmouth 11 to 10. The Leopards avoiding stopping an eight-game losing streak on the season, edging the Hawks by a goal, which was an interesting result. Monmouth four and six, and it kind of shows you how weak the MAC is this season. Monmouth was a top 20 team last year. I think they finished in the top 20. Mares was supposed to be good. Now you have Kanishes right now currently leading the MAC with their not only conference record, but also overall record. So, you know, it's not the best of times in the MAC. Syracuse, well, if you were a Daily Orange guy, just doing enough to beat Hobart 11-4. to They did have a stretch where they didn't do a lot of scoring in a 20-minute stretch in the second half. That kind of got Hobart kind of back in. They were just down four goals. In the fourth, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but Syracuse pulled away. I think they dominated. They the game was already over in the second half, but would have been nice to see like some kind of more more dominance in the second half, early in the second half, to just make sure this game is already done and have those backups come in earlier. And then Stony Brook beating St. John's in the Battle of New York, eight to six. Stony Brook improves to four and six. They are at Princeton on Saturday. St. John's falls to 6-4, and two-game losing streak for the Red Storm, who we thought maybe they were a top-20 team, at least a top-25-30. Maybe that changes now with those two losses. They host Marquette as they continue Big East play on Saturday as well. Those games that I mentioned, not really significant. The only big significant game, I'd say, Bucknell, 9, Yale, 8, oh yes, in overtime. And I will always love you. I will 
Not gonna lie, I had a tough time to pick where in that song to stop because it's not really like. Well, there is a significant stop later on in the end of the song, but I didn't want to have like thirty seconds of Whitney. I mean, you can listen to Whitney if you want, but this isn't a Whitney podcast. Although, shout out to the God herself, Whitney, a goddess, Whitney. Uh, Bucknell got off to a fast start, three one first quarter. Sean O'Brien, Tommy Supko, Connor O'Hara, three great guys on offense. Then they kind of let their let themselves go in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. Uh, they got shut out three nothing. Went down to the half four three. Then got four straight goals, two of them from O'Hara. Actually, three straight from O'Hara. Then from Sean O'Brien, the last one. Before Jack Ty made it a seven five game. O'Brien made it eight five. Yale got three goals. In a row, one in the third, and then two in the fourth. Ben Reeves tying it up with 138 left. And then after a good stop by uh, Bucknell on offense, getting a man up, I believe, not converting, but later on, Sean O'Brien getting that goal to give the Bison a huge one. He had four goals in the day on 15 shots. Wow. Well, Sands, compared to him, who was a who's always a really good attackman, Uh, He only had three assists, okay, on one shot. So he wasn't able to score a goal this time around. O'Brien had four on 15, which is still unbelievable. A little bit too much. Sopko had that goal in the first quarter. Connor O'Hara also paced the Bison. Four goals and two assists. Christian Klipstein had another good performance with 11 saves. This Bucknell team can be a dangerous team if you face him in the NCAA tournament. And that is, if they can get there, they have wins. We'll get to this in a little bit. They have wins over Loyola, and they have a definitely now a top five win over Yale, RPI-wise. Are they, if they don't win the Patriot League, would they be in the NCAA tournament? Now that discussion kind of strengthens their case over a possible at large. They still have to take care of work in the Patriot, in the Patriot League and the Patriot League tournament. They are not done at all yet. Um... But they do bring a lot of promise to Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. They have a loss, I believe, against Navy. That kind of doesn't help their case. They lost to Penn by a goal. Richmond doesn't help either by a goal early in the season. Maybe if they got that win, they'd be a little bit more comfortable. They have Mount St. Mary's on Saturday. That should be an easy game. Lafayette follows that. And then, really, the, the Patriot League playoffs begin... Friday, April 20th, when they play Lehigh at home. That could be, you know, that could mean they would host. That could mean they might have to play in the quarterfinals, but at this point, you're 5-1 and one in the Patriot League. You beat Lafayette, which should happen, and you should more than likely have a spot in the first round secured. Now the question is, can you beat Lehigh, who will be very good, who might be looking as well as hosting the Patriot League tournament for that one hosting spot. And obviously it would be nice if Bucknell hosted because that gives him a little bit of home field advantage against Loyola and Army and Lehigh, which it's all up, still up for grabs. And maybe if Bucknell wins, Loyola has the only at-large bid. Lehigh still needs to do some work, and they have definitely the, the chances to do that work with the rest of their season coming up. But uh, as for Yale, 
not good loss for them. I mean, they only have two losses now to Bucknell. That's still a good loss, and Villanova's still a really good loss. So it bumps them down maybe a couple seeds. I don't think it does a lot necessarily to hurt their seeded chances of making the tournament. They still look like they'll be the best of the Ivy League. Cornell has a little bit to say, something to say about that. Maybe Penn. Who knows about Harvard? But tough loss there for Yale. Ben Reeves, 2-3. and three. Jackson Morrill with two goals. Uh, Jack Starr had a decent day, 19 saves. Connor Mackey went 13-19 of 19 against Jared Woodsall. So they have a FOGO. They do have a, a, a freshman goalie that's starting to get his groove on. And then you also have, you know... Reeves and Morrill and Jack Ty and Gaudette, who was a, a big star last year. He He's not even starting. He had a goal and assist as a reserve. But they have, I believe Yale has a good Ivy League team coming up this Saturday. If they play anyone this Saturday, they have, oh, <laughs> sorry, they have Dartmouth. Okay, so they're not good. Dartmouth, Brown at Brown, which could be a big one. And Brown might be looking for a chance to make the Ivy League tournament. Followed by Marist, and then Albany, and then Harvard. So, kind of a mixture of easy games and hard games with Dartmouth and Albany kind of bookending those spectrums. But I think Yale should be fine for the tournament. And that is your midweek recap. We will get to Bracketology right away. It's up on collegecross.com as we speak. Posted it early this morning, worked on it last night a lot. Uh, pretty much had a thought uh, early in this week. When would we see the first Bracketology post? Maybe this week, maybe next week. And all of a sudden, reading right after the Hobart game, Patrick Stevens had a Bracketology post. Thank you, Adam Epstein, for the tweet. Uh, and then Inside Lacrosse came out with theirs on Thursday and figured, you know what, let's just do ours this year as well. Uh not sure if anyone will be ever right. Definitely no one will be right this time around because it's still a month away, exactly one month away from Selection Sunday. And there's still a lot of craziness going on. And this year, I, I think it's more of the bottom portion of the top 20 rather than the top where we had a lot of different number ones each and every week. They seemed like they were rotating like every week or so until uh, the tournament happened. But my nine AQs right now are as follows. We went with uh, the conference record. Then if it was a tie, which there are many, overall record, and then there was still a tie, which only happened once with the Patriot League, we went by the highest RPI, and that according to Lax Power. So Albany has the top RPI in the nation, fourth strength of schedule. Bryant, Bucknell, Canisius, Furman, Maryland, UMass, Villanova, and Yale. Uh, Albany, Maryland have the two best RPIs. Villanova is at four. Yale is at five. Syracuse is an at-large. They are number three. Uh, Bucknell is a 15 RPI. UMass has a 19 RPI. And again, UMass still has a lot of work. The CAAs will be a one-bit league. I also see the NEC and the SOCON as a one-bit league. MAC is a one-bit league by far. And then... America East will also be a one-bid league. That means you have the Big Ten, you have the ACC, who has no AQ thanks to the Maryland leaving and not getting a sixth team to replace Maryland. Looking at you, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia Tech, 
NC State, Boston College, every other NC State, I said that already, every other ACC school, Pittsburgh, that doesn't have lacrosse yet, men's lacrosse yet, Virginia Tech. Uh, Big East, Big Ten, ACC, and the Ivy League and Patriot League are contenders for possible at-large bids. So, looking at the at-larges right now, eight more teams would join after those nine. Syracuse, Penn, I have listed here on the website. Syracuse, you have Penn, who has the second-best strength of schedule. Notre Dame, Syracuse, by the way, this third-best strength of schedule. Followed by Notre Dame, Hopkins, Duke, Rutgers, ranking out the top 10 in RPI. Followed by Lehigh, Cornell, Harvard, Denver, Vermont, Virginia, North Carolina, Penn State, Michigan, Robert Morris, and Lehigh. So there are, uh, obviously, you heard maybe Vermont. Why Why do you think Vermont will be an at-large team? I don't think they will. I'm just listing them there just to show you, you know, what the resume looks like. So I think it's important to show them the resume. So looking like a team like Vermont, who has a good record. I believe they're 8-1 and one in the season. 16th best RPI, but a 48. Heesh. Strength of schedule. That's the second, uh, second lowest in this at-large conversation after Robert Morris at 52. They've only played one top 20 team. One so far. And that was a top team in Albany. They got shellacked 21-7. to They play one more top 20 team right now. It'll be Virginia and late April was a 17 RPI so that will get them another chance at possibly improving the resume but I think at this point right now uh, it doesn't help uh, they have no losses 21 or up obviously because their only loss came to Yale and no significant losses and but however they have no significant wins and their next chance at that significant win will come against Virginia so I think right now their resume is really weak and I was thinking about, you know, doing this, some of these teams that could have really good years, and that some of these teams right now, and I know also we are talking about our schedule for next year, should we, should teams maybe start to beef up their schedule? They think maybe we can take, we, sh- we can take this next step and maybe reach an at-large and maybe a possible tournament run. Maybe drop some of these schools like Furman or Canisius or Mercer and Instead, go with some tougher competition to maybe beef up a resume. I'm not sure. But you also have the risk of, you know, what if we're not good next year and we try to beef up and we just look like absolute garbage trying to attract some recruits along to Vermont. So an interesting dilemma there. But I think right now Virginia and Chris Fives are doing a great job with what they've been doing. Another team right now, Michigan. I mean, they're kind of in the conversation. They're 0-2 against top five teams. They have lost to Maryland. And they have also, wait, Maryland and who else have they lost to? I don't think they lost to Villanova. Oh, and Yale, sorry. Villanova, I mean, not Maryland and Yale. I forgot they played Yale. They were kind of, well, Yale was a close loss. Villanova, Maryland, I don't know why I'm saying Villanova. Maryland was close for... Two and uh, two minutes, two quarters in a minute, or two minutes until until Maryland broke the the uh, the dam. Their one win against a top ten team came against Notre Dame. They came close against Penn, and that's also their only significant win. They don't have any significant losses. I think right now with this kind of bubble, they need to do work. They need to make an Iditarod like run. 
go through the Big Ten, go through the Big Ten tournament, and they will be in. If they lose, let's say they go they go through the entire Big Ten, they beat the they win in the semifinals and they lose to Maryland. I don't know if it'll be close or if not. There, yeah, I think they're still kind of borderline in and out, but we'll have to see what the numbers say if we get to that point. Uh, Robert Morris again would be a one and done league with the NEC. Good with Penn State, but they just cracked the top twenty. Uh, they lost to Rutgers. Uh, they have two bad losses against Georgetown and Al Bryant, so I think that kind of holds them back. Uh, you also have Lehigh there, who has a path. They have a 26 RPI and a 22 strength of schedule, but no good top 20 loss. They have no top 21s. They have losses to Rutgers, and they also have an interesting loss from 11 to 20. In the season, I believe that came against, if I remember correctly, Le- oh, North Carolina. They lost to North Carolina in overtime. Could have been a win. Rutgers could have been a win. They were one goal games. Now, they had those one, they were 1-0 in both uh, angles. They might have a stronger case at an at-large. And then they have the Navy loss, which hurts them a little bit. But Navy's getting there back in the Patriot League. I think, in my honest opinion, that Lehigh would need to win the Patriot League in order to get in the Patriot League tournament. But they have Loyola coming up. They have Bucknell coming up. They have Cornell coming up. So they have plenty of games to get themselves a beefier resume. And all these, all those three teams for Lehigh, uh, they are in the top 20. Loyola in the top 11 through, from 11 to 20. You have Cornell in 11 through 20, and now even Bucknell at 11 through 20. And they could increase and decrease. I think they will still be in the top 20. I'm not sure if they might crack the top 10 by the time the season's over. So some of these wins could be better for them. They lose. It doesn't. It hurts them a lot more. But there's an interesting case there with some of these teams. Harvard, uh, 13th. RPI, 32 strengths of schedule. They only have one top 20 win that came against UMass. Uh, and then I think the loss that will hurt them a lot will be Holy Cross at 41. They lost to Albany, and that's kind of a good loss. But that Holy Cross loss is unbelievably... Eesh. I think that will push them down a lot if they are in contention on Selection Sunday. If they don't win the Ivy League, they have to. Win. I think they have to win the Ivy League in order to get in. So with that, you can read the entire post on collegecross.com. My bracketology goes like this. Albany's a one seed. Uh, you have Maryland, the two seed. Syracuse right now is a three seed, followed by Hopkins. That's a four seed. Villanova, the five seed. Yale at six. Notre Dame at seven. And then Duke at eight. Uh, Albany, in their uh, playing game matchup, would be the winner of Furman. Canisius, uh, the SoCon winner against the MAC winner. They have the two lowest RPIs. I think that will stay the same. Unless the NEC tries to ruin something, I don't think they will be lower than Furman or Canisius. Furman right now can, uh, at least the SoCon can, kind of boost their their RPI if it's Richmond or somebody else. But I, I think SoCon and the MAC are the two candidates for the playing game. Going down that bracket... Duke would play the top unseeded team, and I have Rutgers there in that spot right now. 
That will be an interesting and fun game down in Durham. They would both be in the Hempstead bracket on May 19th. Four, this is the fun part, because I, I had a little bit of a tough time figuring it out for a moment, because I, I thought I didn't have Cornell in there, and I kind of did. Uh, Hopkins would play Loyola. Uh, I know the the uh, committee tries to limit air travel. I think they I would not be surprised if they try to limit some kind of travel as well and lodging and make it easier for teams to get to the get to their locations and especially if if it's this kind of region where I have right here with Hopkins Loyola and then Villanova playing Penn and I think it's very very possible that this happens. I think I see Loyola not as strong as Penn. Well, yeah, not as strong as Penn, but you could also switch Loyola with Penn and Penn with Hopkins, and I think it still happens. But if they want to limit kind of transportation altogether, this would be a possible set of two matchups, and they would meet the winners would meet Indianapolis on Sunday. Uh, Syracuse would play UMass, the CAA winner. CAA is not that strong, but I think that could change to Hofstra later on. I think Hofstra's right now the, the best team in the CAA, but we know about their struggles in April and their collapses. So, really, who knows? And then Yale's the sixth-seed Ivy League. They would play a rematch of Wednesday's game against Bucknell, the Patriot League winner. And those two teams, the winners of those games, would meet in Hempstead May 19th. Rejoice, Syracuse in Hempstead. Yale in Hempstead makes sense. Also, Hopkins and Villanova and Penn and Loyola. Whoever would win, great for Annapolis. And also, same with Albany and Duke and Rutgers. Hempstead, easy. Get the people to the games. And then the final one, I have Notre Dame would have to host Cornell. So that would be, I think, the only flight. And I'm not sure if there was another team that could fly out. Maybe the closest one would be Bucknell. So, but you can't really switch Bucknell and Cornell because Yale Cornell would be a conference game and you don't want to have that. Can't have that in the first round. And then Maryland would take on Bryant in the other matchup. Winners of that game would be in Annapolis. Makes sense. Last four in would be, my, in my mind, Rutgers, Cornell, Penn, Loyola. I think Penn, looking at it right now, Penn would need to do the most work out of these four teams. They're 5-5. Five and five. They have four games left on their schedule. Two easy games and two kind of tough games. Uh, Dartmouth and St. Joe's, they should win those two games. Then you have Brown and Harvard. They lose maybe one or two of those games. It's kind of borderline if they make an at-large. I don't even think they make an at-large. But again, the strength of schedule, second best in the country, goes a little bit... goes. Has its limits. That's what I want to say. Has its limits for Penn. And they play a really tough schedule every every year. And they get a good win out of Duke. Last year was Virginia, and it kind of was good, whatever. They beat them twice. But they need to do take care of work in the Ivy League in order to assure themselves of a NCAA tournament berth. And it kind of helps them maybe that the bubble is weak this year. And with that, the first four out is, can't believe I'm saying this, but Denver's out. Denver looking at their uh, at-large resume. 14th RPI, 33 at strength of schedule. They don't have a top 21. They don't have a 21-plus loss. They don't have a significant win or loss. 
and they are 0-2 against teams 6 through 10. They don't have a they don't have an 11 through 20 win. I believe. I think I did that wrong. Then they beat North Carolina. Yeah, I'm sorry. So Denver does have a win. They beat North Carolina. So my mistake. They do have a they are 1 and 0 in the 11 through 20 range. My mistake on that. Wow. Just catching that live while I record. They had they did beat North Carolina, so that helps them a little bit, but I think they still need to do work and especially if North Carolina continues to slump. Uh that's not that hot whatsoever for Denver. And they have a big game with Villanova coming up this weekend. So they need they can do some work there and help their case. But I think right now, if you're Denver, all signs point to you having to win the Big East. You can't throw it away to Marquette like you've done the past two years. They, you need to take care of business in the Big East. And I know it's weird to say for Denver because they're usually in the tournament without playing the Big East tournament. But they need to do it this year if they want to be in the tournament. Uh, I also had Penn State out. I had Virginia-North Carolina out, and I think it's obvious why. Virginia needs to win an ACC game. North Carolina's on their five-game winning streak. One of those teams will help their case this Saturday. The other won't. As for Penn State, uh meant losing him kind of hurts their chances, but they are still kind of alive. Uh, I barely think they are going to make the NCAA tournament. Who knows if they make the Big Ten tournament? Maybe if it's... Michigan and Ohio State going out. They just make it. But there's still plenty of time for Penn State to do some work in the Big Ten. And if they get Grant Amet, it's a huge boost for them. Uh, we'll do one final talk about streaming. Uh, we did find out that the Ivy League Network, formerly the Ivy League Digital Network, they dropped digital. They'll drop the entire platform in about a week. They are going to be officially moving to ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+, Plus will carry all the Ivy League games and on-demand content that the Ivy League Network used to have. They will... Um, yeah, 1,100 games, lacrosse, football, basketball, you name it, on an, on the ESPN Linear Networks and ESPN+. Plus. And it's actually going to be cheaper, as I mentioned. ESPN+, Plus starts at $4.99. Ivy League Digital and Ivy League Network day package for a team was 9.95 for a for a team or for a team for a month was 10.95 for the entire league 14.95 so it was mad expensive to watch Ivy League games mad expensive and then you go to the ESPN plus and it's more affordable and you get a lot more stuff and again i think it's a similar situation with LSN and MLL do you want to pay eight, nine bucks a month to watch just Major League Lacrosse and college games, occasional college games? And there's plenty of other college games. Or do you want to go? Maybe if you go to LSN, you you have you you kind of suffer a little bit, four ninety nine, and you have a chance to grow your fan base and get more views. Maybe have better production as well. That's what NLL is doing with. Bleacher Report Live. They had their own platform, and it was what twenty-five bucks a year, maybe thirty bucks a year, fifty. I'm not totally sure what NL TV is, but uh, they started it up last year. Uh, they still have some problems with it. Subscribe now, as I'm on their website. 
Let's see how much a, a typical NL TV package costs for 2017-2018. If I can actually get there. doesn't even. I don't even know how much it is, so screw that. Um, but I know LSN, it's 9 bucks a month, 8 bucks a month, whatever, just to watch one sport. And again, you're niching a niche community. Making it smaller doesn't really help. You need to expand kind of your horizons. And with what Bleach Report is doing, and I saw this on a Forbes, Forbes, NLL with Forbes, Forbes article, they're expanding, they're, they're, they're able to grow their fan base by going on Bleach Report Live, which there'll be a lot of NBA fans, and that app is tailored mainly for NBA fans, but you see this high, this fast-paced game next year in an NHL-style arena, or NBA, because the Wells Fargo Center is also part of the NBA, also with Champions League soccer and Europa League soccer and arm wrestling, whatever. Arm wrestling's on BR Live. And pro lacrosse isn't? I don't know. Well, maybe Sandy Brown can figure that out and figure out a way to get MLL out of their own capacity of LSN. But I see a great calling for LSN, or not LSN, MLL, to go on uh, ESPN+. And I remember LSN tried... Allison was trying to be the one-stop shop for lacrosse, and that has faltered. They're they're still covering, you know, college. They're still covering MLL, NLL. Their main focus is in MLL. They do a t- little bit of high school and college, but it's only like once a week or whatever. But when the college season's in, it's okay. But their their main thing is pro major league lacrosse. And a lot, not a lot of people know about the MLL. They know about the NLL, but maybe because of the of previous administrations, Dave Gross, it hurts. It's hurting their brand and hurting their image. So avoid, avoid your own channel because I think that's what a lot of a lot of think people, uh, teams and leagues are doing right now. NHL and NBA and MLB, they're going from hosting their own platform on their own website to hosting their own thing on a bunch of other websites, Bleacher Report Live with League Pass. You can get more on with a bunch of other content, whatever. MLB and, M- and NHL with their own packages. Going on ESPN+, Plus, going on a group little network. MLL, not doing that right now. That needs to change. Uh... And NLL used to do something with CBS Sports and whatever their package was, which I never really heard of before the season. I don't think if they if M- if MLL tries to do that, it doesn't really do anything either, because I've never really heard of CBS Sports Line, whatever that they call it. So NLL needs to do something with that, and MLL, excuse me, and it needs to happen soon. Anyways, let me stop rambling. Let's go to our weekend preview. Everybody's working for the weekend. Five games on tap for Friday. Six games from Saturday moved altogether. Five games on Friday include the following. You have all of them at seven. Denver-Villanova. The Big East battle, and that could be a big game for Denver itself for its at-large chances. All three CAA games on Friday. UMass Delaware, Fairfield Hofstra, and Drexel Towson. 
at 7 o'clock in the America East. Albany host is at UMBC without Connor Fields and maybe without Justin Ray. We'll see, but I think Albany should do the trick with that. Um, I think the highlight of the game will be Villanova and Drek and Denver. I think the Las Vegas Lines has something out. I think, I think Villanova is a favorite for this game. Yeah, they certainly are. So Villanova, actually no, scratch that. Denver is a two and a half goal favorite over Villanova, despite Villanova being at home. I want winners. Uh, give me in that game. Give me Villanova in the upset, and so I'm taking Villanova plus two and a half. I think we've seen with the losses of Donahue and Mayo and Supinski that this is a defensive team. I think Villanova can beat them on defense. It can beat them on offense. Ethan Walker is their only superstar. Denver needs to produce a lot more players on offense. Colton Jackson needs to have a big game. A few other guys as well. Nate Murano. We, we talked about their depth on the big college crosscast on Wednesday when we recorded. And then, you know, Nate Murano scoring a hat trick on the third midfield in the semifinal game against Maryland. All of a sudden, there's no depth anymore. And they have a goalie problem. Trevor Baptiste is doing his thing still. But that will not last forever. Denver needs some scoring soon. So give me Villanova in that win. Uh, the other games I like. I don't think UMass is a ranked team, correct? They are not. All right, so give me UMass over Delaware. Give me Hofstra over Fairfield. They are not on here either. And then also give me Towson over Drexel. I, mm-hmm, no, give me Drexel over Towson. With a short-handed Towson team. Give me Drexel to beat the Tigers. And then Albany is a a 6.5 goal favorite. They cover easily. They beat UMBC and their kind of tough defense. Although we raved about them earlier in the year. Give me Albany with the win and covering. Saturday's games, if they stay the same, they could get moved by the time we uh, publish. It goes as follows at noon. Air Force, Jacksonville, Ohio State, Johns Hopkins in the Big Ten battle. Uh, Hopkins can improve their seeding. Ohio State can maybe improve their chances of making the Big Ten and and NCAA tournament. Robert Morris is at Hobart. High point at Furman at noon. One o'clock game and and a very interesting game there. UMass Lowell at Vermont at one o'clock. Battle for second place in the America East. And I know that doesn't really mean a lot. It might just mean just who wears what jersey when they, they're they at Albany in May. Marist, Siena, 1 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. You have Loyola at Lehigh in a big Patriot League showdown. Big for both teams. Loyola looking to get ahead in Patriot League standings. Lehigh doing the same as well. Also trying to beef up their resumes, as we mentioned before. Hamptons at Cleveland State. Lafayette's at Holy Cross. VMI's at Mercer. Wagner's at Bryant. Marquette is at St. John's. Stony Brook at Princeton in a non-con battle. Harvard at Cornell at 1 o'clock in a big Ivy League showdown. Cornell rolling along 60-plus goals in three games, being patient, not a run-and-gun offense. Can they get 20 again against Harvard? How will Harvard respond? They are capable of scoring a lot. We saw that with the BU game. Morgan Cheek, Kyle Anderson, Robert Schollengol. They are a Dark Horse team. We'll see how they are legit or not on Saturday. And then Bellarmine, Richmond, and SoCon battle to one. NGIT Monmouth at one. 
Binghamton, Hartford at 1. Uh, only one one thirty game, Brown at Penn in an Ivy League showdown at Franklin Field. That game's at one thirty. Three o'clock, Providence at Georgetown at 3. Manhattan at Quinnipiac, Yale at Dartmouth. Follow that by triple header. Wow, we have a triple header on CBS Sports Network. God bless. Army at BU, 3.15 on CBS Sports Network. Both teams battling out. They are 6-7. and seven. BU's at 7. Army's at 6 in the Patriot League. Big implications for Patriot League playoffs. At 4 o'clock on the U, Duke is at Notre Dame in an ACC battle. 5.30 on CBS Sports Network. An underrated uh, Patriot League showdown. Colgate at Navy. 6 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. Big game for both teams, not only in the NCAA, but the ACC tournament. Winless, Virginia will look to end their streak of 1,497 days since beating an ACC team. They will hope they will be at North Carolina at 6 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. Tar Heels looking to snap a five-game losing streak in that. 7 o'clock, Detroit Mercy at Canisius in a MAC battle. I believe both teams are 1-2, and two, or at least top in the MAC as we speak. And then a non-con battle, Mount St. Mary's at Bucknell at 7 o'clock. And then the Sunday games, Michigan-Ruckers at noon on the U, Sacred Heart St. Joe's at 1.30, and then Maryland-Penn State 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network on Sunday Night Lacrosse. So let's go to my picks right now for this Saturday and Sunday slate. I want winners. Uh, I'm going to go Air Force over Jacksonville in a big SoCon battle. Jacksonville lost to High Point last week. Hopkins, who is a probably a big favorite over Ohio State after what happened we saw with Ohio State last weekend. They are a three-goal favorite over Ohio State. Uh, give me the Hopkins Blue Jays covering minus three over Ohio State. Uh, Robert Morris should beat Hobart. Weird one here. I mean, Furman can be good in any in a SoCon play, high point. It could be good as well. Tough one. I like Furman in this one. Give me an, a kind of upset Vermont as a three-and-a-half goal favorite. Give me UMass Lowell to beat them, and they do cover. UMass Lowell with the upset. Uh, Siena. Will lose to Marist. I, I like Marist winning. I think Siena had some promise early in the season. They it's just faltered and diminished. And Marist is in their strength as Mac play begins. Lehigh Loyola, the Greyhounds are a two goal favorite. I'm gonna go with the Mountain Hawks as a slight upset pick. Lehigh plus two as my pick. Uh, Cleveland State over Hampton. Lafayette over Holy. Uh, hmm. Give me Holy Cross over Lafayette in an interesting Patriot League battle. We saw how good they could be with without Judd Lattimore. Maybe that extends to two games. But again, Lafayette riding on a hot streak thanks to their win over uh, Monmouth. But I like Holy Cross in this game. Mercer over VMI. Brian over Wagner. Marquette over St. John's. In a game that could decide maybe two bottom places. Or at least third and fourth maybe. Or fourth. In the Big East. Princeton over Stony Brook. Cornell, who are uh, five goal favorites over Harvard. I like Cornell minus five. They do cover. Richmond over Bellarmine. 
Monmouth gets back on track over NGIT, although Ryan McDonald has NGIT, actually has Monmouth in his survivor pool over NGIT. It would be fantastic to see NGIT win, just to rub it in his face, but I don't think that happens. Uh, Hartford over Binghamton, followed by uh, Penn. I'm going to go with Penn beating Brown in a one-goal game. Georgetown beating Providence, trying to get back on track for the Hoyas. Quinnipiac beats Manhattan. Yale as an eight-goal favorite. They cover. They beat Dartmouth. Army BU. I don't think that is a pick game. That is not. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with BU here. They don't look the best of Patriot League teams, but it should be an entertaining battle. Give me BU and kind of ending Army's chances at any kind of at-large if they were still alive. And the ACC Duke. Are two goal favorites over Notre Dame. I like Duke, but Notre Dame covers. Duke wins. Notre Dame plus two. Uh, Navy Colgate. Give me uh, the Raiders, making more uh, chaos of the Patriot League again. Why not? UNC Virginia. My God, UNC. They are one goal underdogs to Virginia. Screw it. UNC wins, and the streak continues for at least fifteen hundred days. Uh, Canisius over Detroit. Uh, hmm, I'm going to go a little slight upset. Detroit Mercy beating Canisius in the MAC game. And then Bucknell, who are six goal favorites over Mount St. Mary's. Bucknell wins, but Mount St. Mary's covers. Mount St. Mary's plus six. Sunday games. Rutgers are two and a half goal favorites over Michigan. I think Rutgers wins, but Michigan covers. It'll be a two goal win for Rutgers. Give me Sacred Heart over St. Joe's in the Sunday night game. Maryland is a three and a half goal favorite at home. Actually, they're on the road against Penn State. I like Maryland beating Rutgers and they cover. Uh, Maryland beating Penn State and they cover by three and a half goals. So with that, that is your weekend preview and picks. Have a fun Tuesday slate ahead of us, including the biggest game of the season. Cornell hosting Syracuse 7 o'clock on Tuesday. We cannot wait for that game. I can't wait for that game. You can't wait for that game. The entire college cross staff cannot wait for that game either. Uh, with that, that is our show. If you like this show, which you better, give us a five-star review on iTunes, across college across, and if we see that you did review that, whether or not it is five stars or not, which it better be five stars, uh, we'll read it on air. We can also uh, subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, follow us there. And also follow me on Twitter at CF Dostremski. Also follow College Cross on Twitter at College underscore Cross. On Facebook, like us there. Instagram, we might start to update it a little bit as tournament time comes. And with that, stay hydrated, everybody, and stay warm. Bye, Felicia.